John 17 again. John chapter 17. My text is one verse. I'd like to read it first and we'll look back over the chapter just briefly. Time my message is double kept. This will really be a treat to you. It was for me. Uh, it'll be better than bouillon. <laughs> it's going to be good. John 17, verse 12. Our Lord's praying to his Father in his high priestly prayer. And he says, While I was with them in the world, I kept them in thy name. Those that thou gavest me I have kept, and none of them is lost, but the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. The Lord Jesus Christ has kept, he is keeping, and he shall keep his sheep. Who is that? He's speaking here, we looked before, in this portion, we'll read later in verse 20, he's speaking concerning all of them. He's not praying just for those 11 that's sitting there with him. But he's speaking about his sheep throughout time. Of old, of that day, of the days to come, which is us, and maybe there's going to be some generations after us. I don't know. But he's speaking of all of them. Who who are those people that he hasn't lost any, that he's kept in his name? And who are those? Look in verse 2. John 17, verse 2. It says, The hour has, thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life, that's being kept, to as many as thou hast given him. Lord Jesus Christ is going to keep those in his name, and he's going to keep them, and he's going to lose none that are given to him. Those that are given to him. It says in verse 6, John 17, 6, I have manifested thy name unto the men which thou gavest me out of the world. Thine they were, and thou gavest them me, and they have kept thy word. I gave the word to them, I've kept them, and they've kept your word that I gave them. And you gave them to me. Verse 9 says, I pray for them. I pray not for the world, but for them which thou hast given me, for they are thine. It was the people given to Christ. Verse 11. And now I am no more in the world, but these are in the world. And I come to thee. Holy Father, keep through thine own name those whom thou hast given me, that they may be one as we are. Christ has kept his people, and he's keeping his people, and he kept them. And he prays to the Father. He said, Father, I'm coming to you. I've kept them while I was with them. And I'm coming to you, and you keep them, because they're one. We're in his hand. Many years ago, a faithful man got up and preached, and they'd started that slogan for Allstate. You're in good hands with Allstate. He said, that's blasphemous. <laughs> they don't know that. I mean, they don't mean it that way, but the pride of man just goes unseen. We're in his hands. That ought to comfort us. We're being given to him. He's kept us in his grip. And that ought to terrify those that hate him. Verse 12. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in thy name. Those that thou gavest me, that's who I've kept. And none of them's lost, but the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. Kept and kept. The Lord said, I've kept them in thy name. Those that thou gavest me, I've kept. You ever prayed and you kind of said the same thing a couple different times and 
and you kind of stop and you don't want there to be awkward silence. So you say something you've said before, you've heard somebody else say before. That's a vain repetition. Our Lord does not pray in vain repetitions. Every word's precious. And I was like, I wonder why he said it that way. And it ought not be that we have such a good idea and such a good understanding that we stand up and say, that's wrong, or somebody wrote it wrong, or the, the translators in King James times messed up. Maybe we ought to just sit back and say, I wonder what the Lord meant by that. Maybe he'll teach us something. Maybe I don't know everything, and I may have to go look some stuff up. He might be pleased to show me something. I remember reading in Galatians 1, when Paul said, I marvel that you so soon removed from him that called you unto the grace of Christ unto another gospel, which is not another. Those two another's, you remember that? Those are different words, isn't it? And he said, you, you, you called to something different. And it's not close to being different. It's wildly different. Those two another's, they mean different, different things, don't they? He says first, here's the first kept, verse 12. While I was with them in the world, while the Lord walked this world with these 11, he's standing next to right now. He said, I kept them in thy name. That's the first kept. I've kept them in thy name. Tereho, that's the Greek. It means to guard, to keep them from loss, to keep them from in injury. And it's properly meant to keeping the, his eye upon them. We looked at that Sunday, didn't we? To guide them. I've kept my eye. I guide them with my eye. It's not just keeping an eye out. <laughs> it's different, isn't it? I've kept them. Kept them. I've guided them. I got to thinking about the areas that the Lord keeps us this week. And, and I fully understand he keeps us in all things. And, and things seen and unseen and, and, and everything. I understand that. But I just wanted to sit down and I wanted to just ponder. How does he keep me? He does. I know he does. Maybe I ought to examine that so I can thank him for it. How does it keep me? I thought, well, it kept, keeps me physically, doesn't it? He feeds me. I ain't starved death yet. He fed, he fed those with that great, uh, that great multitude came to him. He was up in the mountain. And his disciples sat down and the Jews passed over there in John 6. And he looked up and a great company come, 5,000 men, not counting the women and children. 5,000 people came. And he looked at those 12, and he said, Whence shall we buy bread that these may eat? There's probably 10, 15, 20,000 people there, human. And he looks at the 12, and he said, Whence shall we buy bread? That means where we're going to go to get the bread. Do you want, which grocery store do you want to go to to feed these people? Cash, you made a lot of meals. 10,000 people showing up. Which, which restaurant do you want to take them to? And they were calculating without Christ, weren't they? And they said, we, we got 200 penny worth of bread. We can't feed nobody. What are you talking about? We can't hardly feed us. How are we going to feed them? And then one of them popped up, Andrew, didn't it? Peter's brother. And he said, there's a lad here. He's got five barley loaves and two small fishes. But what's that? That's all we have, Lord. Two sardines and five biscuits. You're going to have to keep us. We can't keep ourselves. And he said, make the men sit down. Y'all walking around, you're acting nervous. Calm down, sit down. He took him loaves and he gave thanks and he distributed it and he took those fishes and same thing. He blessed it and broke it and scattered it out. And when it was all done, he said, take up leftovers that nothing be lost. Well, we can get a good count of it. 
and they gathered 12 baskets full of the fragments. 12 baskets. Them people needed to eat. 5,000 men needed to eat, and them 12 needed to eat, and our Lord needed to eat. He was a, he was a man like I am. And he provided for them. He kept them. Nine meals, they'd have been in a lot of trouble if they missed nine meals. They said, what are we going to do? Sit down. <laughs> Give me him little sardines. He kept them. That's just in the food, isn't it? What about clothing? We need to have clothing. You can survive a little ways without food in inclement weather, buddy. You've got about three hours. You better have the right clothing on. Israel walked through the desert for 40 years, and those leather sandals they had did not wear out. They, they didn't have to go to a cobbler and have them resold. And Well, that's buckle broke. I, I can refurbish these. These are real good sandals. They're made out of leather, and I can take the parts and fix them. Didn't, it was not needed. It was not needed. He reminded them. He said, have I led you 40 years in the wilderness? That pillar and the, and the fire, and I was with you the whole way, and I guided you. That's what we was looking at. He guided them. He kept them. To guide them is to keep them. That's their, his responsibility. He took on that task. He said, I've led you 40 years to the wilderness. Your clothes are not waxed old upon you, and thy shoes not waxed old upon thy foot. Your covering is good. It ain't going to tarnish. Now, we're just looking at the physical. We'll look at the spiritual in a little bit. <laughs> but the covering he gives us spiritually, it ain't going to wear out. Not that robe of righteousness he gives. He was sending out those 70, two by two. They went out. And he said, the harvest is truly great, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth laborers into his harvest. Pray for young people to come up, to preach this gospel and to call out his elect. Do it. He said, go your way. How are they going to hear unless you go preach to them? Go preach to them. He said, behold, I send you forth as lamb among wolves. He warned them that it ain't going to be easy. I ain't sending you down to Disneyland for a couple years. Go get your feet rubbed and some back rubs and stuff and no, he said, your lambs, I'm sending you to wolves. Now go on. He said, carry neither purse nor script nor shoes. He said, don't take a wallet, don't take a lunchbox, and don't take shoes. I'll keep you. I'll keep you. His prophet Elijah went and he put it in his heart to pray that there would be no rain. And it didn't rain. And everybody got hungry. And it was bad. And he sent a raven. He's next to a brook. And Elijah just kicked back and said, well, that's where the Lord had me. He said, sit down. I'll send ravens and bread and meat coming in the morning and bread and meat coming in the evening. And he sat there and ate. How long did he sit there? 7,000 years. No, the brook dried up. Well, the Lord's moved me. The brook dried up. He went and found some old widow woman. The Lord played. The Lord took care of him, didn't he? But he told those seven, he said, carry neither purse nor script nor shoes. You just go preach. I'll feed you on the gospel. And in Luke 22, 35, later on, they come back. And he said, when I sent you without purse and script and shoes, lacked ye anything? They said nothing. Nothing. David said, physically, I've seen this, seen this come to pass. He said, I've been young and I've been old, and I have not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. I have. I've said, Lord, save some poor folks. He's put in the hearts of others to take care of those that have need. You ain't going to go hungry around me if I got beans and rice. We may have just biscuits and sardines, but we we're going to be fed. Why? Because there's love for the brethren. There's a heart there. There's love. He provided all their food. He provided all their clothing. And he provided all their shelter. 
And I thought of this. I, I'm, I don't think I'm wrong, but I was thinking on the good things. Not a boat sank. Boat sank. Boats have always sunk. Not one for the Lord's people on it. Paul was on a ship in a storm for two weeks, and they rammed the bow of that boat right into Malta, and the back of it, the stern broke off right as they stepped off on the shore. <laughs> it served its purpose. Noah's family and all those animals and all that treacherous water that came and all that, that ark failed not. That shelter from the storm didn't fail. Jonah, he had a unique boat. It was a whale <laughs> through the storm. And that whale didn't drown. That whale didn't have a heart attack. It didn't have a broke bone and have to go somewhere else. It went exactly where the Lord put it. That shelter went the whole way. Those cities of refuge never failed anybody. Get in them. Get in. Well, you got here and we changed our minds and we like that, fellas. So we're going to let you go back to him. And that didn't happen. There's a sure, sure shelter. And for their bodies, physically, the Lord performed so many bodily miracles, didn't he? He told those two disciples of John that was in prison. He said, you go tell him what you see in here. The blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised. The poor have gospel preached to them. So I've done these things. Raised Lazarus from the dead, didn't he? All sorts of healings. He cast out all those demons. And he said, And blessed is he whosoever shall not be offended in me. Does that make you mad? Don't make me mad. I ain't offended in that. I'm happy. Good. And not preventing harm to come to our fleshly bodies. I thought of Peter. Judas Iscariot came with that multitude when the Lord was betrayed. That son of perdition. We'll touch on it at the end. So easy to... Just dwell on those things, isn't it? Well, tell me about that one that betrayed. Satan will help you find the Antichrist all day long. Let's look to the let's look to the Christ. But Peter was there, and here comes Judas and that great multitude. And they said, Lord said, Who are you looking for? They said, Jesus and Nazareth. He said, I am. And they just fell flat on their backs. They got up again. He said, Who are you looking for? Think good common sense make them just run for the hills or bow. They had it in their heart that they was against him. And he said, I've told you that I am. If ye therefore seek me, let these go their way. You want to take me? Take me. But these ones, these 11 sitting right here, you let these go their way. That the saying may be fulfilled, which he spake of them which thou givest me, I've lost none. Right then, that great multitude. You know what happened? Peter took out a knife and cut off the ear of Malchus, didn't he? And, in, and the Lord kept Peter physically right then from being put to death immediately or captured right then. And that sinful act. It says the band and the captain and the officers of the Jews, they took Jesus and bound him and they led him away. And those 11 stayed right there. Peter cut a man's ear off. The Lord kept him. He said, let these go their way. And then Peter acts a fool, right? And I thought, whenever they went in to get Osama bin Laden, if he said, all right, you can take me, but now all these criminals here, you let them go, and then one of them wounded a soldier. You going to let him? No, I ain't going to let him go. <laughs> Killed a lot of them. How did Peter escape out of there? How did him live? Lord kept them. He kept them. They were his. He ain't going to lose a one. Not a one. Physically, in every aspect, the Lord keeps his, spirit, his people. Spiritually, we're kept. We're kept. He said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. 
Well, doesn't he desire everybody on the face of the earth? He already got most of them. <laughs> You're one of my people. And the demons know that. Like them sons of Siva, they said, Christ we know and Paul we know. Who are you? We know you. He's desired you that he may sift you as wheat, but I prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, there's no possibility that his faith is going to fail. The Lord prayed for it because he's keeping it. We're in his hands, protecting us, guiding us. And he said, and when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. I'm going to prove to you what I just said, and whenever it's proved to you, it's going to hurt. You're going to weep bitterly. And then when you get the lesson and your brethren say, I'll never deny it, but hold it easy, buddy. Come on. Let me tell you about who man is and who God is. I'll keep myself. No, you won't. <laughs> no, you won't. He's going to keep you. You remember these things. You teach your brethren. Strengthen thy brethren. He keeps our faith, and he keeps, <clears throat> keeps it because he's the author and finisher. In Hebrews 12, it says, Wherefore, seeing we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience. How do you run with patience? He's going to have to keep me while I'm running, while I'm being patient, while I run. You have to run with patience. Run with patience. The race that's set before us, looking unto Jesus. Looking to him, the keeper, the guide. Remember what we looked at Sunday? How do you how does somebody guide you? Well, they go first, they're the forerunner, and you just follow the back of their head. Look unto him, the one that's keeping us. He won't lose one. The author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. Pick up your cross. Do I'm gonna have to be on one, not the one he was on. <laughs> I may I may get crucified upside down in this body. Spiritually. There's no condemnation. He's bored that. He's bored that wrath. Well, who cares what man can do? Kill the body. He can kill the soul. He endured that cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. Ye have not resisted unto blood, striving against sin. Neither have I, neither have you, and we never will keep ourselves and, and strive unto blood and, and, and sustain ourselves and guide ourselves. He, he has, he is, and he forever will. That's him. We just look to him. How are we going to look to him? He has us in his grip, <laughs> and he's pulled us. And just like uh, Gomer, he's going to put those thorns in the way, and he's going to put those walls in the way, whether that's in the mind or the body or, the, or providence or whatever, to turn us to look to him. Because he's the keeper. He keeps us. That's what we read Sunday. Walk about Zion. You've lived, you've lived through this some, ain't you? You've been down this path of thorns and walls and uh, getting corn and running out of corn. Walk about Zion and go around about her and tell the towers thereof. Go, go remember those things. Look at it. Watch it. Mark ye well her bulwarks and consider her palaces that you may tell the following generation. For this God, this keeper, I've kept him, is our God forever and ever. He'll be our God. He'll be our keeper unto and beyond death. That's him. First Peter 1 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercies hath begotten us again into a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead 
to an inheritance, incorruptible, undefiled, that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you. This All this stuff we're going through now, that's just the Lord's will to, that he's pleased to do to bring us to him. Who are kept. 1 Peter 1, 5. Who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed at the last time. All the days of our lives until this body of death kills off and we see him. Right then at that moment, I get it. There he is. <laughs> see him face to face. What keeps us from selling out and being just for ourselves? His power. We are kept by the power of God through faith. We're kept by his grace. We're kept by his faithfulness. Now physically, I read that to you. I read it to you spiritually. I've been young and now I'm old. And I've not seen the righteous forsaken. I've not seen his seed begging bread. Spiritually, I've never seen the righteous forsaken. Those that the Lord's worked in. Now there's those that go out from us because they never were of us. But the ones the Lord keeps, they they stumble and they fall down and they scuff their knees and <laughs> get sand in their eye and they cry a lot. They got to be picked up and carried. And I've seen him keep them the whole way. And I've never seen them begging bread. I've never seen them begging like for Christ to see him, to know him, to have his presence with them. We want it. We get hungry and he knows when to feed us. <laughs> they never. I've never seen one starve to death spiritually. It ain't happened. All that's while he's with us. Look here in our text, John 17. I have back back to the text in my notes, and I didn't have you turn anywhere. <laughs> John 17, verse 12. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in thy name. Those that thou gavest me, I have kept, and none of them is Lost. That's for perpetual present tense right now. Those that you gave me, those that I have kept while I was with them, and those that I keep now, none of them is lost. He says keep twice. That's the second keep. Fulasso is the Greek. This was beautiful. It means properly to prevent escaping. He's kept us physically and everything. You name it. Just list the category. I try to keep it simple. Spiritually, he's kept us. What's needed spiritually? Uh, all have all spiritual blessings have a place in him, and he's kept it. What he's given, it ain't going to go away. That's so. Boy, that's precious. Those that thou gavest me I have kept, and none of them is lost. I've prevented them from escaping by implication to preserve. I've preserved them. They ain't getting away. They're mine. That made me happy. That made me happy. Psalm 34 said, He keepeth all his bones, not one of them is broken. That scripture come to pass too, didn't it? It seems like every one of them, everything he says comes to pass, don't it? Why? Well, look to this self and look to this flesh, look to this world and get so distracted. Lord said so. It's going to happen. I know that. You know that. Not a bone's going to be broken. Not a bone was in the body. He went to that cross, made us. 
You who believe in this room, he has made us, and he gave his face, and they marred it. He gave his back, and they scourged him. He gave his, his side, they pierced it. He gave his hands, and they nailed it. He gave his feet, they run them through too. But not a bone. Why? He said, that bride, that church that's mine, they're bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. That's us. We're his bones. And ain't no one of them going to be able to escape or be broken. <laughs> you ain't getting away and you don't want to go nowhere. <laughs> and we're just fine with that, ain't we? Oh, to grace, how great a debtor. Oh, Robert Robinson wrote that. Daily I'm constrained to be. Let that grace now like a fetter bind my wandering heart to thee. Prone to wander. What's the cry of that man that wrote that song down? Bind me to a fetter. I read that before everybody showed up. It's a handcuff. That's what that is. You handcuff me to you, Lord. Why? Because I'm prone to wonder. I know me. I'll escape. I'm like Peter. Lord, I'll never leave you. Ooh, something shiny. <laughs> Squirrel. And I turn and run. I've watched me do it. You bind me. You keep me. You keep me from escaping. You preserve me. Prone to wonder, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Here's my heart. Oh, take and seal it. Seal it for thy courts above. We ought not jump off the Armenian train and be scared to death to tell people to give their heart to Jesus. If he gave you a heart, you're going to give it to him. <laughs> it's yours, Lord, take it. You, you keep it. I'll ruin it. He's faithful. He said, I kept them. I kept them. I kept them in their body. I kept them in their spirit. And I've, I'll keep them forever. They ain't getting away from me. What's the context of that? We need kept, don't we? While I was with them in the world, I kept them in thy name. Those that thou gavest me, I have kept. I've kept them in every way you can keep them. And then I've kept them forever. And none of them is lost. But the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. The son of perdition. Judas was physically kept, and he seemed to be the ranking member of the apostles, didn't he? But he was not kept spiritually because he was not given. And he had clothes on. His shoes didn't wear out. He had food in his belly, and he had money to get around on. And those things also never recorded that his preaching that anybody's ever saved by. It. But he was not given to the Lord to keep. That's why I wasn't kept. But those, the scriptures might be fulfilled. Which one? My own familiar friend whom I trusted, which did eat of my bread, hath lifted up his heel against me. Psalm 41, 9. Friend? How, how would he say something like that? I'll tell you what. He said, that's my friend. Jesus wasn't no friend to him, but the Lord was friendly to him, wasn't he? He provided him shelter, provided him food, provided him clothing, protection, Carnally, we do those things for our friends, for our families, don't we? As good to Judas as the Lord was, he was the betrayer. How good has he been to mankind? Who's without, who's without excuse? All mankind's without excuse, isn't it? Come, come. He delights to show mercy. Sinners, that's all we are. Ah, I know that. I know, I know. Or I'll deal with that next week, or I ain't that bad, or I already did that when I was a kid, or something. 
What a friend. What a friend we have in Jesus. People don't care. Mm. They all, he went around and said, one of y'all is the devil. You're going to betray me. And each one, a friend of mine's getting beat up pretty good for this. Am I the Judas? I don't want to fulfill. Don't you ask that. The apostles went around the table and said, Lord, is it I? Lord, is it I? Lord, is it I? Peter mouthed off a lot, didn't he? And the Lord said he was going to deny him. Peter said, Lord, is it I? Everybody didn't say, Lord, is it Peter? He said, Lord, is it I? Thomas doubted and doubted and doubted. I just don't think it's going to work out. He's just a Debbie Downer, wasn't he? Doubted all the time. They didn't go around the table and said, Lord, is it Thomas? He never did seem too strong of a believer to me. What about James and John? They wanted to fist fight everybody. They're ruffians, man. They're just too harsh, and they just they don't they're not tender enough to, to be your disciple, to be one of your apostles. It's got to be one of them. Lord, is it James? Lord, is it John? Sons of thunder? They didn't ask that. Likely, Judas was the most respected out of the whole whole bunch. He's the only one that had an additional duty. I thought too, how frightening. Oh, Judas didn't fall into temptation. Did you know that? He wasn't walking wrong, doing everything right, and somebody come to him and, and tricked him and, and beguiled him and, and shook things fancy in front of him. He went, he sought out the chief priest, said, How much you give me? And he took the first offer. He didn't even negotiate. Lord is it I. If an apostle that walked and talked with a triune God and heard his voice speak to him and heard him preach in human flesh, if he would willingly forsake the Lord of glory, what's my hope? What's a sinner's hope? That's no different, Judas. I showed you the two caps, isn't it? We are kept in this world in every way. We're kept from escaping. We're kept from our own flesh desires to serve ourselves. and We're kept eternally from all harm. From, and, and we're kept from ever falling away. And that's not just the 11, that's you and I who believe now. Look at verse 20, John 17, 20. Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word. Now look at our text one more time. Speaking of those standing there, those 11, and us now, and the saints throughout time and any saints to come. What's our hope of being kept? It's the Lord's doing. Salvation of the Lord. That makes me happy too. Look verse 12 again. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in thy name. Those that thou gavest me, I have kept. And none of them is lost. But the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. Those sheep that he will lose none of. They're forever provided for in every way imaginable. And they're guided and they're preserved. And they, there's no ability of escaping. We don't have the ability to mess this up by ourselves. I can't get in the way. I love reading that through Romans. Neither life nor death. Life can't get in the way. Well, life gets in the way. We say it all the time. Well, just life got in the way. That can't happen. I can't get in the way. Who shall lay the charge to God's elect. Not even me. Me accusing me don't matter. He's kept me. 
He's the one that did it. And that's for eternity. That's not for a 20-year term life insurance policy. That's forever. Forever. That's a holy nature he's imparted to us. And when this body of death's buried and sin's no longer present, the spirit in us right now, that we have right now, it will forever rejoice in the Lord that kept us. We'll say, thank you, Lord, in keeping us and shall evermore keep us. We won't have the desire to escape like we do now because we won't have flesh, we won't have sin. But we'll know he's keeping us too because it's his doing. And we'll thank him for it. Isn't that something? I hope that's a blessing to you. He's kept me and I want him to keep me. <laughs> I ain't going to get tired of asking him either. Ask him all the time. Let's pray together. Father, what a king. And Lord, we have, what a redeemer. I'm in awe of his faithfulness and his righteousness. Everything of his character, Lord. And we, we don't know what we don't know. We have no way to measure the power of the Lord Jesus Christ in keeping us in our day-to-day -day lives. And give us a glimpse of these things, Lord. We may rejoice. Give us a glimpse that the spiritual keeping and the eternal keeping that we have. We're going to be grateful and in awe of our Redeemer. Thank you for this hour, Lord. Bless the word as you see fit. Be gracious to sinful people that's prone to wonder. Forgive us for what we are. It's in Christ's name that we ask. Amen. What a hope. Turn, if you will, to hymn number 442, and let's stand together and praise our Lord. Number 442. Praise Him, praise Him, Jesus, our blessed Redeemer. So 
Sunday morning, 945, so we'll dismiss. Thank you. 